Good morning. I'm Meredith Harris with the Marlboro Economic Development Corporation, and welcome to Exploring Economic Development with MEDC. Good morning, Jill. Meredith, it's Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month. Here we 10 are. 10 a.m. Here we are. No better place to be than here on our live stream, right? Our live stream. Oh, I agree well. with you. Episode 29. 29. Can you believe that? 29. So we started almost two years ago. Right. And we've had a number of different guests. It's been incredible. Yeah. I'm excited about this episode, especially with working with Marlboro Public Schools mm-hmm. and, you know, Bleeding Orange, Go Panthers, Marlboro Grad. Did you know that the Panthers ate hawk meat <laughs> at the Thanksgiving Day game? I was there. Were you there? I was there. They did it a really was good job. awesome. Can you do that? Twelfth year in a row. It goes, Panthers eat hawk meat. Thank you, Jill. I'm uh, just really glad that you were able to do that for us today. It's <laughs> what I'm here for. I know. Uh, I'm also here as your uh, host. co-host and facilitator. <laughs> Welcome. We See, we don't get enough time with each other, so when we get these moments, we just really enjoy it. That's uh, right. But we also enjoy economic development and the city of Marlboro, Massachusetts. Absolutely. And if you would like to join the conversation at all, we're live streaming to YouTube, to Facebook, and this will also be shared on our local cable access channel, WMCT-TV. Shout out. Right down the hall. Yep crushing it on social media and all things news, sports coverage, everything. It's been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, if you have any questions, you can comment on Facebook or YouTube and we'll see that. We'll be able to integrate it into the show. So if you have any questions, if you need us to clarify anything, if you have any ideas for future episodes or if you're just a Let fan. us know. Let us know. We're, we're here for you. That's right. Yeah. So last time we were together yep. was episode 28 mm-hmm. with uh, Arthur Bergeron, attorney Bergeron. It was really fun. He's always a trip to have on the podcast because he's so knowledgeable. Such a great so storyteller. Yeah. We were talking about Alta Marlboro and then we had our founder's reception. That was a really fun episode. Yeah. So um, today we have Jean LeClaire from the Mass Life Science Center. So we're really excited to switch gears a little bit, talk about life sciences. Yeah. Um, the Mass Life Science Center recently came out to Marlboro to do a, a cool tour with the mayor and I. We went to two different companies. I don't want to give away all the secrets. So with that, I want to introduce Jean. Hello. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. We're excited to have you. We love talking about life sciences in Marlboro. We have a huge life science hub here and we are really excited that you're here to give us a little insight about Mass Life Science Center and what you guys do. So without further ado, can you tell us about yourself and about the center and what you guys are up to? Definitely. So I am Jean LeClaire. As you said, I am the Senior Director of Business Development and Workforce Partnerships, which is a bit of a mouthful. But a big job. A big job. (laughs) That's right. Um, If that workforce partnerships piece sounds tacked on, it's because it is. And it's because I started in just business development. And then we realized very quickly in the last year or so, every business development conversation was turning into a workforce development conversation because that is by far. We understand that. Yeah, across industries, across the country, but especially in life sciences right now. Um, So the Mass Life Sciences Center is a quasi-public agency. Mm -hmm. Generally, we're a grant-making organization, so we support the life sciences ecosystem in all forms that we can. We have about a dozen different programs that run throughout the year. Some of that supports education and STEM and middle and high schools. Some of that supports research in hospitals and universities, and some of that supports companies directly. So I'm sort of in all pieces of that, yes, and lately much more on the company side, figuring out what their workforce needs really are, and then partnering them with training providers in their region to sort of customize curricula and make sure that community colleges, vocational schools have a seat at the table when we're talking about training for these really, in many cases, very exciting careers in life sciences. It's kind of wild, isn't it, to think about how many industries, we we talk about this all the time, 
it's not one industry that's looking for people. It's everybody. Mm. But I've also heard yeah. a figure that's been thrown around a couple different times that there's like 40, is it 40,000 life science career or jobs that are going to be need to f- be filled in the next 10 years, is it? Yeah, that's our number. And that comes from um, the, uh, I forget the, I should know this exact number. It's a, something between 30 and 50 million square feet of lab space coming online oh. in the next three to five years. Wow. That's already permitted under construction that's already happening so that nets so that's out. not even things that you guys think might happen that's no that's, that's like already definitely happening. these folks are coming these companies because wow. in many cases these companies are making decisions years in advance based right. on what their therapeutic pipeline might look like what their manufacturing plans are and then they've already secured either the land whether it's a green field or um, turnkey building but either way it requires some kind of improvement so we're right. between two to four years out at any given time so all of those hiring plans are pretty set wow. and that number's 40,000 so that's just without any new companies we might get which from a business development perspective we're still trying to get yeah, you still want that yeah but right. workforce is going to be such a huge key part of, of everything we do to make that possible well and so I'm sure we, so what we're seeing on the ground here Marlboro I mean Nobody has really, like, no, some of the big leases. So we kind of get worried when we're thinking about work from home and what does it look like post-pandemic? Are people mm-hmm. going to be coming back to the office um, when it's a traditional office situation? Yeah. We, we get kind of encouraged when we say, okay, well, if that happens, if and when that happens, the life science industry is not slowing down at all, right? So in no you guys way. are seeing that too, right? Yeah, definitely. No, we get that question too in terms of like, is this a bubble? Yeah. Um, and there's a couple reasons why we say that it's not. <laughs> One, um, the innovation isn't going anywhere. So right. the universities, the hospitals, some of our great, the UMass system, WPI, all of these really great mm-hmm. institutions are pretty well anchored. They're not picking up and moving to California or North Carolina. Right. Um, And they spin out companies every year. So that's not going anywhere in terms of the innovation, the entrepreneurship, the expansion of ideas and research. Um, We also feel like life sciences in general, in terms of that whole working remotely, you can't really do that that. in a lab. Yeah. So like a a huge proportion of these jobs, when we're talking about biomanufacturing, we're talking about lab scientists, quality assurance, quality control, none of that can really be done Done from home. home. Yeah. So there's a huge, like there's certainly (laughs) always admin, but no, I know. Yeah. It'd be fun to figure out a way to, but we're not there yet. Yet. Um, So yeah, a huge proportion of those life science jobs are absolutely in person and, and involve folks driving to get lunch and coming down right. Main Street and and all of the above. So all of the things that we love to hear yes. in an economic development office. I bet. Yes, the big <laughs> big fish smeed, big fish feed the small fish. That was one of our very first episodes. Was how about these bigger companies that come into the community are feeding all of our smaller fish. That's so funny. We use a very similar metaphor, the opposite direction for. Um, small, innovative, like entrepreneurial companies, like students coming out of MIT, Harvard, what have you, are like the plankton. Oh. And that attracts the whales. Like you get Takeda, <laughs> Sanofi, Eli Lilly, because they want to come snatch up the innovation that's happening in Massachusetts in general. And so the ecosystem is better when you don't just have whales. You need small companies too. You need these mergers and acquisitions. So very similar metaphor. Look at this. The, I used to be a biology teacher at Marlboro <laughs> High School. Fun. And the biology teacher in me is just... Loving I love this it. moment. Brimming. Yeah, yes. I love it. <laughs> you know, awesome. you never know what's going to come from these. <laughs> yeah, that's thanks awesome. for your service instead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the mutual, yeah. beneficial relationships. You right. Know, it's, well, I it's think that's huge. what it's all about, too. Yeah. Right, is kind of building this ecosystem, building the hub. That's what we've been trying to do in Marlboro, way before the pandemic happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, 
you know, it started, I think the the first big company that decided to come to Marlboro from Life Sciences was, Bo- I think it was Boston Scientific came over here mm-hmm. in 2012. Synovian was here already. Um, so we've got a really good ecosystem that we've been able to build upon. The pandemic, I mean, it made it more and more clear that we needed to really nurture that and understand it because those are the folks when you drove by the parking lots of Quest Diagnostics and Cytiva during the pandemic, they were still here. Yeah. They were all still coming to work. and More here probably exactly. than they were before exactly the world needed them yeah right Mm -hmm. and so we think now too i mean we've just started probably over the last six to eight months like getting back into companies and really starting to talk to people again about what does it look like in the future and this forty thousand jobs this number keeps coming up of you know we need to make sure that we're really building the pipeline and working with folks like yourself to ensure that the companies that we're bringing in have access to the talent that they need because that is the number one thing that they need to be able to be successful, right? I mean, they need a lot of things, but the number one thing would be talent. Um, So I would love to give you the floor to talk a little bit about the unique things that you guys are thinking about doing with schools. And because that's Mm -hmm. something that we're also thinking about doing. We've been talking to our companies. They're way more willing to be creative now than they were in the past. Mm -hmm. We used to often hear from folks, you know, there was this barrier of, you know, you have to be 18 plus to come into the labs for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of legal things. But now they're not really as concerned about that because they're having a hard time finding the employees. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think about the future? And, and do you see companies getting really, you know, creative and unique? And how are you guys, you know, using that to yeah. your advantage? Oh, totally. Um, so this, I guess I'll start with this February, this past February of 2022. Um, we had a big workforce development summit at WPI where we invited I think we invited 30 companies and I think 25 showed up. It was it was wild. It was awesome. It was wow. like Takeda, Bristol Myers Squibb, Santa Fe. Everybody everybody showed up um, to just talk about what their challenges were, what mm-hmm. they were running into from an HR perspective, what they were running into from a training perspective. We weren't sure what to expect, whether these folks would want to be open with each other in that room because right. given that they're kind of competing, competing for talent, with each other. But right. we were so impressed and excited. Everyone was very open and very excited to talk and everyone sort of agreed this can't be a um, bidding war forever. Like we have to figure out a systemic solution. We're all here to figure this out together. Right. So what we've sort of engaged in since then um, is this one-on-one company engagement for now, but hopefully this will be scaled for in the upcoming year. Um, is the idea of starting with these companies, figuring out what their key roles are that they're Mm -hmm. trying to hire for, especially on that entry level, whether it's biomanufacturing, advanced manufacturing for med tech or quality assurance, quality control. There are these entry level jobs Mm -hmm. that you can get with a high school degree and six to 12 weeks of training. Right. And previously, the way they listed these jobs would say like, oh, bachelor's degree preferred. And that would dissuade people from Mm -hmm. applying, especially if you're a kid whose parents aren't scientists and you right. don't think you necessarily want to go to college yeah. and a PhD sounds impossible and you're well, not it's a scientist. intimidating, right? Very intimidating, exactly. Right. So what we're starting with is trying to eliminate what, we're, what we call the bachelor barrier. Um, I is like just, that. Yeah, for all of these job descriptions, do you really need a bachelor's degree and is it actually turning folks away who might otherwise be interested in these jobs? Um, beyond that, engaging with these companies to figure out what the core competencies are mm-hmm. for these roles and then saying, all right, what training providers are around you? Right. Again, starting with if it's vocational or tech high schools or community colleges, in many cases, those are the entities we've seen be most open and mm-hmm. creative to this in terms of, hey, who's ready to add a new 12-week <laughs> customized curricula training program? Right. And yeah. the people who have said yes 
quickest have been the vocational schools and community colleges, which have been awesome. Um, So starting with the needs of the companies and then engaging with these schools, what we've seen from the companies too is when we call them up, we're kind of like, what what partnerships do you already have? Most of them say something like, oh, we kind of have an internship arrangement with this four-year university. Yeah, Yeah, that's like, we get maybe eight to 10 people, which are great. Um, and many of them didn't even know that they maybe had a really great vocational school three miles down the road. You're kidding. Wow. Yeah, they just like weren't aware. And then you talk right. to the schools, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we have been trying to get in touch with that company for years, and they just couldn't. And find they me just in. won't. Yeah, they just like didn't know the right person, or no yeah, one would respond because these companies have had the luxury up until a year or two ago of being able to find anyone they wanted because the Massachusetts workforce right. is so talented, Robust. so well educated, so skilled, which we're proud of. Right. But in many cases, now that it is tight for all kinds of demographic, sociocultural reasons, right. suddenly they are very creative and very Yeah, they're open. more willing to have yes, the conversation. Yes, very excited to engage with these community colleges, vocational schools. Right. And so being able to simply, as Mass Life Sciences Center, being able to simply make those introductions and act mm-hmm. as like a concierge almost. Because right. the thing we have in common, not only are we very much um, interested in the health of the life science ecosystem, but we have funded most of these partners at this point, whether it's the companies wow. or the schools themselves. So we sort of know who to talk to and we right, have kind so of an in. Explain that a little bit. So yeah. what type of fund, like so for educational programming or yeah. in different ways? Um, so different ways. One of the most popular programs is our STEM equipment grant program, okay. and that comes with some professional development as well. Yeah. Um, so for... I should have looked up these numbers before, but around 100 schools, give or take, across the Commonwealth, we have funded STEM equipment in middle and high schools. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And it comes, the fact that it comes with teacher professional development, to me, is one of the coolest parts. So you guys are teaching the teachers how to use the stuff? Exactly. The stuff, that's the technical term, by the way. Yes, Um, we fund the stuff. The stuff. So I pulled up your website here on the STEM equipment professional development grant program. And we will definitely link that in the description for anyone that's interested in Please that. do. Yeah. Um, generally, that application opens every spring, so keep okay. an eye on it. Um, so what and, kind of yeah. things, though? Like what, like So equipment? It's for some folks, it might be like a pi- pipettes. Uh, during the pandemic, okay. we funded these really cool home lab kits so that oh, every student awesome. could have this little home lab and do it on Zoom with their teacher. Um, so it's relatively simple stuff most of the time. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit fancier, higher-end imaging equipment or, or some kind of fancy refrigerator or some kind of microscope. In many cases, it is stuff that you might recognize from a high school biology lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're always excited to see how creative folks get when they're applying sure. to this program to be like, oh, my gosh, we've never had anyone ask for this. For this type Let's of thing. Let's fund it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to have the ability to do that. And is it just middle and high? Like, could the elementary schools as well? So it's Currently, it's just middle and high, but we really want to get into elementary school as well. It feels like long term, that's going to make a lot of sense Uh, for mm -hmm. the, I mean, not to think of it in these cold terms of like raising elementary school kids to be in the workforce. But, but yeah, yeah, starting some kind of interest, at least in science and we'll creating see if they're this, interested in it. You'll know yeah, right away. Right? And eliminating yeah. the barrier. There is this, as we were talking about before, there is this sort of whatever it is, a mental barrier or cultural barrier to feeling like, oh, science is hard and like yep. I'm not mm-hmm. smart enough or something right. like that. When right. really most well, women it, in general, too, totally. like I don't think that mm-hmm. this industry until recently really women thought that they could be in the sciences yeah. either and that's really changing too which is great you're seeing a lot of change um demographically and of folks getting involved which is awesome and that's Absolutely. a big focus for for you all right i mean i've watched Definitely. a few videos and i've looked at some of your website and your social media and it seems like empowering women to be you know leaders not just mm-hmm. included but leaders in this industry is just phenomenal <clears throat> yeah definitely yeah. our our 
headline program for that is called Mass Next Gen. That's specifically tailored for women entrepreneurs in life sciences. So yeah. that comes with an investment in their company. It comes with um, some coaching, mentoring, um, executive guidance. It comes with a cohort of other women entrepreneurs. That's We've awesome. run, run awesome. the program for five years now. So it's really awesome to sort of see all of these women connecting together, using each other's connections, mentoring. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something we're passionate about. Yeah. And I think long term, making it so the life sciences is more inclusive of all kinds of folks yeah. who have felt Absolutely. left out so far. Not only because it's the right thing to do, but like we need them. I was going to say, everyone. we need these people, yeah, right? We kind of need everyone. Right. Yeah. So the more that we can do to say, yes, you belong here. Yes, your skills are useful. Yeah. You don't have to have a 4.0 GPA. You don't have to graduate from Harvard. You do not have to have a PhD. Most of the jobs that are desperately needed, that in many cases are paying 70, 80K for your first year with a high school degree, um, are are more about problem solving and, and mechanical and, and aptitude with your hands and the right. ability to make good documentation. Like some of these skills are not college, university level skills like anyone well, like you would awesome. think. But I we're also hearing too from the companies that like they will they almost want a blank slate. Like yeah. come out of high school and come into the company and we will teach you what we need you to know. And exactly. I always find that really interesting, too, because to your point, I remember being in high school and you, you felt like you needed to know exactly what you wanted to do when you get out of school. Mm -hmm. You were going to go to college to do exactly that. And then we all came out of school with like communications English degrees or something because <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't really know what we wanted to do yeah. and you don't really know what's out there. So that's why I always find it interesting and I'm really always trying to connect our companies to this idea of like, Again, if the kids don't know, what they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if they don't know these types of jobs exist or what the career pathway is, not to throw around a lot of like, you know, jargon, but it's true. If you don't yeah. know, like, hey, if you take this class and this class, it leads you to this type of career. Yeah. We need to tell them that. We need to open their eyes and let them see what kind of opportunities are available and yeah. that there's 40,000 jobs that need to be yeah. filled and there will be an opportunity for them when yeah. they're done. Totally. Yeah. And to me, it's I remember growing up and feeling like, so I grew up in rural Missouri on a farm. I knew I didn't okay. want to be a farmer much as I love rural America and my parents who were farmers. Um, and not for me. <laughs> not Just not for me. I just was like, I want to move to a coast. I don't care which one. Um, well, I, we're glad you picked this one. Thank Yay. you. Yes, my great pleasure. I married a native Bostonian, so I'm All stuck right. here for life. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Um, I do I do love New England. Um, the I, I wanted to know the numbers. I was mm -hmm. always like, how mm -hmm. much do people make at jobs? Well, that's and a when fair I was trying, question I was like, ask. I need a sure thing. Like, right, I don't yeah. know how to tell you, but like, I need something economically profitable. Yes, I have dreams and I, whatever, but like, yeah. I need to know how I can make a living. Yeah. Um, and I feel like everyone was so hesitant to talk about numbers. About that thing, yeah. Yeah, and it was so mm -hmm. confusing as a kid. And then I worked in Western Mass for a little while with a high school doing a business club. And so many of them wanted to be, I don't know, marine biologists, graphic designers, what have you. They had a, like a plumber and I think an HVAC technician come in one day to the whole school to just talk about the trades, talk about sure. vocational school. And they shared numbers. They were like, yeah, I make $82,000 a year and it's my third year and I only have a high school degree. Suddenly, yeah. Next day, everyone wants to be plumbers and HVAC technicians, <laughs> right. which is cool. And we need all of those Absolutely, people. Yeah. Um, but it was funny to be like, oh, my gosh, all you guys needed was 30 minutes of like seeing Someone. a face right. and hearing a voice that you connected with right. and them talking about numbers. Right. So to me, this life science career awareness piece mm -hmm. of talking about, yes, take these two classes and then you can get this job. Here's right. how much it pays. Here's right. your career path. Right. It's not just a I think there's a commercial 
forget what it's for, but it's plays during Bruins games sometimes. It's like, it's not just a job, it's a career. It's a career. It's a, yeah. <laughs> She's a real Boston. Oh, wow. I, my husband hates She's when I do real Boston. <laughs> so I'm allowed to, he won't listen. It's I great. love this. That's so yeah, funny. it's a He will career. listen to this. We will make, make sure he listens to I'll this. I'll make it. Um, but it's a great opportunity for kids that Absolutely. just aren't even thinking about it and don't need to go into debt going into well, a four-year school. That was going to be my next job. point was this is also like it's beneficial on so many levels because how many have huge loans that they're yeah. paying off that they didn't necessarily need to take it you know what i mean like yeah. if we can get students and kids to come out of school and, and go right into the companies oftentimes the companies will pay for them to go to school 100 percent. Right. every right. single yeah. company i've worked with so far has some yeah. kind of tuition reimbursement training grant allotment every single year it's part of so your package right? exactly that like when you're coming in with this whatever eight to twelve week certificate that maybe includes clean room tech gowning procedures basic documentation and like basic problem solving right. yes the company is absolutely customizing training and they are then interested in furthering your you. skills yeah, yeah you're, you're an you. asset yeah right exactly so uh, forget great... the package of working from home three days a week go, right. go and work somewhere that they're going to invest in you and your yeah. education that's such an important piece. totally and any students these... that are watching listen up yes i know <laughs> i know because it right exactly it's not about also, I was just talking about like it's it. We create these barriers to folks um, getting into these careers, but that it's not about stagnating. It's not let's yeah. get you into an entry level biomanufacturing ca- career where you will sit for the next fifty years. Right. It is like these are all pathways. Yeah, and this up is where that you're Everyone go. is exactly the next. It only takes a couple years to move up pretty quickly in these companies, especially right. now, right? Because the workforce need needs it. are so great, and many of these companies have invested immensely in their sort of work-life balance and like right. general yeah. sort of the team culture. building. Yeah, great cafeterias, like beautiful child They all have in beer some taps cases. too. Oh, so many. Of, yes, <laughs> it looks like do. Silicon Valley. They all have like they a They have ping pong guys. I gotta go. Yeah. No, it looks like stuff. Google. It looks like it does, San Francisco yeah. in there in some yeah. of these places. In, yeah, Marlboro or Honestly, Waltham. It, it's amazing. It yeah. is. It's pretty neat. Totally. Um, and I think an important piece for kids, students, anybody who's watching, and not even just students, but folks that are maybe looking yeah. for a career change or you know whatever mm-hmm. it may be um there are all kinds of jobs you don't have to be an engineer you don't have to be a scientist they're looking for in-house lawyers they're mm-hmm. looking for hr professionals you know mm-hmm. C- perf- um, financial there's all kinds of opportunity yeah. in these jobs and, and different so shifts as well like Absolutely. that's something that's really unique there's some there's certain jobs that you know it's going to be your typical nine to five yep. or second shift but there are literal yeah questions a 24-hour op- operation exactly right, right. and like to to add to this, there's also neuro- neurodiversity, and there's a place for everyone. Like I've seen mm-hmm. on so many of these websites, they 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 value people's differences. They they're looking for people with a, an array of different skills. So there's like, right. it's not just like female empowerment, but it's also you know celebrating diversity and Absolutely. and finding a place for everyone with different skills you know? Absolutely. yeah and, and many of these companies also like it's it's very mission oriented it's mm-hmm. very much like we're creating solutions for patients that need no, it's them super yeah. Cool. So, yeah there's this there's a <laughs> the sense of you're creating Important. value not just that's like monetary value for your company to get paid value. and go home yeah yeah but that you're you're really especially in the light of covid yeah um that you're helping save the world yeah, like, you're yeah. doing something you really are something yeah, yeah. and so right. that connects i think everybody has some kind of story in their family of someone with cancer right. or diabetes or what have right. you or they're struggling with their own issues that they that being able to participate in this economy and help these companies move these innovations right. forward it's not just right. a company and a paycheck there right. is some mission oriented right. aspects to it that i think help bring people in and you're absolutely right about adult retraining that's a big focus yeah. for us in the next year we're looking for 
Uber drivers, recent immigrants, Wendy's employees, like these are anybody. people, yeah, anybody with an interest and that has some general interest in pushing their skills forward in a basic problem solving. Again, it's really just yeah. following directions and being precise and being motivated. There's right. almost every company I've talked to is willing to to work with anyone that meets those criteria. Yeah, that's awesome. And Jill, I think, yeah. honestly, I think we've been saying this since that first STEM Remember the first STEM council that we had in, mm-hmm. like, I think it was 2018 with Maureen mm-hmm. Grulick. And yeah. I remember saying, like, and it kind of like this epiphany for me personally of, like, wow, there's a lot of people, there's 40,000 people that live in Marlboro that drive by these buildings all the mm-hmm. time that have no idea what's going on inside of them unless yeah. you start to really dig into it and you understand. I mean, Synovian's doing COPD research. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's so many different things that are going on behind these walls that you're not aware of unless you are, unless somebody puts it in front of you. Right. And there's people, all kinds of folks that can get involved and mm-hmm. get in, into these companies and take these jobs. And it's right in your backyard. Right. Yeah. You don't have a long commute. You can come to work it's five minutes you can go home and take the dog out for lunch you know so that's such an important thing for people to realize that there is opportunity right in your backyard yeah Yeah. and we learned this during the pandemic too that like it's it is in many cases on these companies to sort of educate the community about what they're doing so it isn't so mysterious yes there's not so much like uncertainty and mystery behind like what are they doing in that lab i don't understand labs (laughs) and therefore i I don't want it there yeah not in my backyard kind of thing Right. And I think it is, again, these companies have had the luxury up until recently of not having to do that because they had what they needed. They were making money. They were making innovations. Um, And I think now with this workforce stuff and being more open to contributing to that life science career awareness, getting more involved in the schools, we are definitely encouraging these companies to think about public education as a piece of what they do. Awesome. And some of them are doing great. Some of them fund STEM scholarships. Some of them speak to every science class in their region. Some of them are are really doing great. So we're just trying to scale some of those Mm -hmm. Um, for all these I talked about the millions of square feet of lab space coming up. We're trying to include some kind of public facing Mm -hmm. informational educational space in any project that we're touching anyway, any project that we're funding, even if it's just a space in the lobby that has Mm -hmm. some kind of video or presentation or anything that just says, here's what we do and here's why it's great and here's some patient stories, just anything to sort of connect folks with the idea that yes, this big scary building is is not a threat. It's actually something to be proud of in your community. Yeah, Yeah, and something to understand. Right. And we, I mean, we talk all the time. We just, Marlboro just did the tax classification hearing this Mm. this week and we love life sciences. There's a lot of personal property that comes with some life sciences and it's good for the tax rules. I mean, there's so many benefits and I'm just grateful that we're in a community that the administration sees that, embraces it. We have a lot of life science companies. I think we have at least over 40, probably more along the lines of 50 life science companies right. here in Marlboro. Um, big guys, little guys, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, you get your the whales, you get your plankton. Yes, yeah. we have got the plankton, we've got the whales, we've mm-hmm. got everything in between, and they're all working together to create this really cool ecosystem and hub um, here in Marlboro. So yeah. the one last thing before, I think we have a question, but mm-hmm. I just want to make a pitch to our Marlboro companies. Anybody that's listening that is interested in any of these programs, let me know. Happy to put you in touch with Gene and the Mass Life Science Center. There's a lot of great stuff going on um, that you guys do, are doing to help our company. So yeah, I'll get specific about the tax incentive program in a minute. Perfect. That's, that's live now. <laughs> that's perfect. Okay. What do we got? We got a question? We do. We have a question from one of our, our most. Our, love wow. President Ossing. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know who it is. 
He's one of our most loyal mm, viewers. podcast viewers. Love that. Yep. So Michael Austin says, are there grants funding that schools can apply for to start training programs as part of the curriculum? Mm. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So <laughs> yes. she just got really excited. Oh, totally. Well, it's what I've been spending a lot of time on lately. Right. Um, so we are currently partnered with an entity called Commonwealth Corporation. That's oh, another yeah. quasi-public agency. They're great. They're also a grant-making organization. Um, leading up to our most recent fiscal year, we were sort of talking about programming, how to fund some of these partnerships we were working on, again, inspired by our meeting in February. And we just sort of said, let's let's learn what the companies need. Let's connect with the training providers and see what, see what the landscape really looks like before we try to jump in and create a solution without understanding sure. the problem. Yeah. Um, so now we feel like we understand the problem much better, but we will wait until our next fiscal year, starting July 1st, to like okay. stand up a new program that funds it. But sure. we've been working with Commonwealth Corporation who has programming for this, specifically a program called Renew, that if you're interested in looking it up, just com- Google Commonwealth Corporation Renew, Renew. Grant. Okay. It basically funds about $10,000 per student for a community college or vocational school to stand up a new customized curriculum, ideally between eight to 12 weeks, but there's some flexibility there. Awesome. And the school just has to prove that they have um, buy-in and sign-on from a company that has said, yes, this curriculum fits exactly what we need. And then once that program launches, once you have graduates, once the company hires out of that program, once the employee is on for 30 days, the company then pays back 50% of what it costs to train them back to the state okay. to create this kind of evergreen yeah. fund to create more of these programs. So from a school perspective, we're hoping that it's it's a very low lift. The grant isn't too hard to apply for. It's certainly hard to stand up a new training program, but sure. it should be because it's so informed by direct needs within yep. companies that are in your region, um, we've been excited about it. So we have a couple of companies that are just walking down that path now, and our Getting first ready. one's probably going to launch in February. Um, so that's through Commonwealth Corp Renew. Exactly. And so your program will launch next summer. Exactly. Um, and now is the I, the Commonwealth Renew is only vocational and... Um, and community colleges okay, for so no now. public schools at this point. Not at this point. I think, actually, you know, I say that... They might be allowing public high schools. I just don't think they've had any yet. Well, maybe so it's Marble possible. And if there was one interested, I don't think we're in a position to say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone wants to stand up a custom curricula that they have engaged with a company on, and the company has said yes, this meets our needs, and you have the equipment, that's where also Mass Life Sciences has gotten involved. If there is a school that wants to apply for Renew and they just need a couple new pieces of equipment or some access you guys to some kind of training, we can fill that gap and, and fund that where possible. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. All right. So incentives. Mm-hmm. I want to give you the floor for that Thank as well. Thank you, please. Okay, <laughs> only because it just launched Monday. Okay, um, awesome. So our tax incentive program has been running over a decade, pretty much since our inception. Um, it basically funds $15,000 per job mm-hmm. that a company is going to create in the upcoming calendar year. So if you're a life sciences company in Massachusetts, you qualify for this. That's all you have Period. to be. Yep. You have to have 10 employees already in Massachusetts and be committed to hiring 10 more. Okay. So applications are open until February 3rd, and you can apply for as many jobs as you're going to create. It's nice to be conservative because there's some compliance around. Sure. You have to hit 90% of your number to be allowed to apply next year. There's some yep. qualifications there. But any life science company in Marlboro or anywhere else should absolutely look on our website, Tax Incentive Program. Um, if there's questions about that application, I personally am happy to answer them. Um, but our staff also, it's not meant to be sort of like yeah. an essay contest done in the blind that you submit right, right, right. the night before. Um, we're happy to, to walk you through it and answer questions, especially Perfect. for new companies. Um, we have some scientific focus areas that we prefer on that. It's a competitive program. Um, so anybody in cell and gene therapy, anybody in women's health, um, anybody working in microbiome or anything to do with data science, sure. AI, machine learning, 
It's all on the website, but just as, as long as we're speaking to companies. What was the, it's 10,000 you said per? 15,000 per full-time job that you create that you in create. calendar year 2023. So you okay. would apply in advance of 2023 based yep. on what you think you're going to hire. And sure. then December 31st, 2023, we ask how many you actually hired. So this is, and I believe it connected yeah. somewhat to the EDIP program, right? So like yes. when we do TIFFs in Marlboro. We are yep. no stranger to the TIFF program. Mm-hmm. We actually just approved one um, Monday night, which is awesome. phenomenal for a company that's coming and man- manufacturing mm-hmm. um, over on Lazat Drive. But cool. historically it has been, the state kind of says to us, if they're a life science company, we want them to get the ITC credits through the Mass Life Science Center, correct? Yes, yes. and part okay. of that is just because, I don't want to say it's better, yeah. but <laughs> Some, there's but a little bit more money to be gotten through it, and it's a little bit simpler. Um, we do love when companies have TIFFs. That's actually um, a question that we ask on the application, and it's sort of a point in your favor. It's okay. nice to know that the company has a good working relationship with, with the community. The municipality. Yeah, yeah, and that they like want them there, and they're welcome, and that sure. they have this... That it's not just us funding a company that maybe isn't as engaged. But they don't, that's not a requirement. Not a requirement at all. Okay. No, certainly not. So we will will push this out to all of our life science companies to make sure that they know. And so the application is open right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Open right now. And February 3rd is the deadline. We usually take a couple months to decide and then our board has to approve all our recommendations. So generally companies will find out by the end of April. Okay. That's awesome. So we are bumping up against time, believe it or not. Wow. I know. It went so fast. It happens very very quickly. (laughs) But there were a couple things I wanted to touch upon. So Mm -hmm. just Mass Life Science Center in general, the organization of it and how it's funded. I know that you guys are coming up. There's like a recapitalization of the the organization. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that and how people can support you guys in your efforts and what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So Mass Life Sciences Center started in 2008 under the Deval Patrick administration, um, and it was authorized for 10 years. So then in 2018, it was reauthorized for five years. Okay. Hence, that brings us to 2023. Wow. Um, I know. For hopefully our next five-year authorization. So okay. that goes through the Massachusetts State Legislature, yep. um, as well as there's certainly input um, from the new governor's administration as well. Sure. So we generally like to think we do a great job of keeping legislators informed of what's happening in their districts, all the great companies that they have, yeah. all of the grants that are going into their community colleges, universities, um, as well as public schools. So if folks want to help and speak to this, it's really about getting in touch with your legislator. It's sort of the usual the usual line of write to your congressperson. Yeah. Um, but it, it all helps, right? It all helps. It absolutely hearing. does. Yeah. So in the end, that's whose hands it'll be in. We are okay. certainly focusing our programming um, on workforce development. So it's a good opportunity to sort of reinvent a little bit of what we do in terms of what's working, what should we scale, what should we kind of get rid of because it's irrelevant now, what should we focus on. So um, if folks are interested in participating, it's a a really great time if you have opinions on the life sciences ecosystem to not only, yes, get in touch with your legislator, but also feel free to reach out to us directly and say, gosh, I live in Marlboro. I would really love to see some grants for elementary school STEM education. That's interesting to us and relevant because we're sort of designing potentially new programming. We're thinking about how to expand what we do to have more of an impact. That's that's, that's incredible. Great. We'll make sure to push that out to all of our companies yeah. and make sure people know that you guys are open and willing to hearing what they have Very to say, much so. right? Yes, we're in yeah. a listening phase. A listening mode. I love that. Yeah. And so you the other piece, so we talked a lot about workforce training, but you also do business development. Mm-hmm. So 
what are kind of some what are the trends that you're seeing across mm. the state so you do statewide correct yeah yeah so what are you seeing in other parts of state we just had you guys all out to do a couple of tours in marlboro we went mm -hmm. to Cytiva. we also went to resilience the new company that's over on crowley drive yep um what do you think we're doing well what are other parts <laughs> of the state doing well mm -hmm. you know just just your thoughts on business development in the future of life sciences in massachusetts yeah so i guess i it makes sense to start with marlboro i promise yes. i don't say this to everyone but marlboro is doing great awesome. Awesome. Very hot in Marlboro. <laughs> um, one of the things that is working in Massachusetts that we want to see more of, and one of the reasons companies are locating here, is the opportunity to have their research and innovation arms close to their manufacturing. Yeah. It is of interest to companies to not have to necessarily fly around the world or even down to Texas to have to sort of check on the manufacturing, make any adjustments. Yes, we live in a digital world where a lot of that is possible, yeah. but companies are still interested in... Not always preferred, where, right? Yes, it's preferred to have as much as you can kind of in one spot for efficiency's sake, for also. Sure. So just the creative collaboration that comes from scientists having direct connection to the folks managing the manufacturing operation. So you see success stories in resilience and Cytiva yeah. that are absolutely doing that. A lot of great research going on as well as manufacturing right here um, in Marlboro. In other parts of the state, that also touches the medical device industry. So med tech yeah. is kind of booming, especially in sort of the north metro west area. So okay. you're seeing a lot of overlap Yeah, in advanced manufacturing. So not just... Biomanufacturing involves some like scientific skills, managing cells and pipetting and the usual kind of lab coat situation. Some of the advanced manufacturing with med tech um, is a little bit more electrical and mm -hmm. sort of technical. It's adjacent to HVAC in some cases from my trade school perspective. Um, so I think it's it's really interesting to see how different communities are leveraging what they have. Marlboro yeah. is a platinum bio-ready community. MassBio's bio-readiness rating is a good thing for folks to know about. Yeah. Marlboro checks all those boxes. You have a great so reputation. So that's the highest, just so everybody that's knows? That's the highest, yes, the, the, top, the top, the platinum. That's right. um, <laughs> you have a great reputation for all of your um, community departments working together well for mm -hmm. communicating. You have a very supportive mayor, obviously, um, but also between planning and zoning and community education and your schools. All of those pieces working together are, are making it a very conducive community to life sciences. So having all those pieces is always what we're encouraging for communities that want more of this. It's not great for every community. There's not every single town that needs a life science hub. Right. Um, but it's great when a town like Marlboro steps up because then that impacts your sort of surrounding towns. Sure. And yes, Worcester is its own thing burgeoning hub sure. um but i think this network of hubs and then sort of sub hubs in massachusetts is part of the strength that we have that makes us gives us a competitive advantage when we're sort of competing against i've thrown out north carolina and california a couple times now but also georgia maryland we have these states that are stepping up right. realizing the success that we've seen and trying to replicate it mm -hmm. which we love to see that's great more for everyone so it's yeah. so funny you say that because I was, so Team Massachusetts, that was another thing I wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. but I don't even know if we have time I to know. do it, but <laughs> Team Massachusetts, you guys are a big part of that, but that's kind of the mass econ. We had Peter Bear on recently. Oh, he's awesome. He's amazing, but Mass Bio, Mass Life Science Center, mm -hmm. there's a lot of folks that are involved in this kind of Team Massachusetts, mass development. We go out and try to business development, try to yeah. get companies to be interested in Massachusetts, but then there's me, you know, there, hey, <laughs> you should be in Massachusetts, but you should be in Marlboro specifically. Yeah. Um, and that's just a really cool thing for everybody to be able to come together and talk about all these different things and different assets. And Massachusetts is phenomenal, but um, it's incredible to see other states that are trying to do what we are doing. Mm -hmm. And I was just recently in Chicago with Kelly mm -hmm. um, Arvidson and Doug Callum from MassEcon. Um, Kelly's with Mass Development. But we went to, it was a place called Ster Sterling Bay, and it was this really neat, you know, multi 
huge project that they've got going on, but they're they're trying to come after our life science companies, which I thought Good was really for them. That's uh, yeah, cute. It was interesting, <laughs> but it was so funny to see that they have like the exact pitch that we have, yeah, yeah. just in a different part of the you know, but different part of the country. And it was interesting to sit yeah. there and I'm going, huh? We're all saying the same thing, and it's up to these companies to really come out and look at the sites and look at what people yeah. are doing to see you know what's going to fit their their needs. Yeah. But we're all about more the merrier. Like again, yeah. our interest right. is the patients helping innovation move right. forward. Sure. So like the more states and regions that are involved, the better. Yeah. In our case in Massachusetts, we've just spent so many decades investing yeah. in this that it's it's a hard thing to replicate in exactly the way that we have. Right. So we love see, the the stuff happening in Ohio is cool, Cleveland, Cincinnati, North Carolina Research Triangle. Everyone has their own strengths and we we've been very engaged with our partners in North Carolina specifically on workforce trying to sort of learn from them. Yeah. They do a really great job of workforce development. Yeah. So where we can sort of exchange these ideas yeah, more the merrier, grow the pie. It's not necessarily a zero sum game as far as we're concerned. Right. So yeah, but like we're we super competitive. So like right, also, if, but but well, Malver, this is but Malver, kind of how <laughs> yes, all of that is just a way of sounding That's like right. a nicer place to be. Even though we are, very but if you're listening, companies and but you need to grow, Malvera is the place. To we be. don't need you. That's right. <laughs> but if you want to be here, that's cool. That's awesome. We've got incentives for you, and we're we all happy to talk yes, to you. We have little you. piles of money all over the place. And lots of people. Yes. Right. And community, municipality-wise, we try not to play favorites, but companies always ask sort of like who's – they ask for that bio-readiness list right. a lot. They yeah. ask who's got the water infrastructure, well, who's who got wants the planning. Them? Who wants them? Exactly. Yeah. They want to be wanted. They, in many cases, they want to engage in the community. They have yeah. great corporate social responsibility policies. Right. They don't want to so be cutting is, through red tape and yeah, uphill battle. Yeah, totally. So Marlboro yeah. often floats to the top of that list somewhat naturally without thank us you. thank you thank you yeah i think on that note we can end the the podcast so that was awesome yeah. gene thank you so much we could literally sit here and talk and for the next I know, hour that flew by so that just means that you need to come back at okay. some point yeah. and we'll continue the conversation and just really awesome and i think we'll leave our audience with if you are a life science company in Marlboro or if you are somebody that's interested in being life sciences, you need to reach out to us so that we can put you in touch with the Mass Life Sciences Center and, you know, get you in touch with all those bundles of money that they have available <laughs> for folks that's yep. here and ready to get on the street. So, Jean, thank you very much. My pleasure. Have a wonderful afternoon. And thank you, you all so much for watching. We'll see you for episode 30 in a couple of weeks.